Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Good to be with you on a Balls Week Wednesday. Hope you're well. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as always. You know, today is not only Balls Week Wednesday. Today is a thin the herd sort of day. Everybody with the stories uh, flying in. I saw them early this morning when I was reading and beginning to uh, kind of copy-paste, show prep some uh, outline material for uh, this afternoon's show, and uh, I laughed because as I was reading one of the stories that was sent to me via Twitter, uh, I had already I was in the middle of reading it when the Twitter thing popped up, and I was like, oh, somebody's sending me something. What is this? Oh, the story I'm reading. The story I'm reading. And I always feel kind of bad because for people that are newer to the program, they don't really remember uh, the mantra, thin the herd, uh, that I used to bring up uh, frequently. In the years that I did the morning show, it was almost a daily occurrence because I really couldn't just get enough of those stories. I still really can't. Even at 50, I still think it's hilarious. It's just, I mean, listen, obviously, tough on the people that uh, know these individuals, care or love for these individuals. But even those individuals would probably, in a moment of honesty, be left thinking, what the hell? What were you doing? What were you doing? I mean, you have to be aware of the consequences of one's actions, right? You do have to recognize that there are you know, risk management. Kind of weigh this all in, you know? Hey, now, look, is there a more appreciable risk if I drive 85? Now, all of a sudden, I'm 15 miles per hour over the speed limit on the interstate, let's say. But if I go 85 as opposed to, say, 75, which is kind of an accepted norm, nobody goes 70, they go 75, 77, somewhere in there. So now I'm roughly 7 miles per hour above the norm. And I let's say I'm to pop a tire. Am I at greater risk at 85 than I am at 77? Yeah. Is that a risk worth taking? I think so. Risk-reward, I think so. I think so. In order to get there 15 minutes earlier, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That's the kind of risk-reward we all engage in That's every right. day. 15 right? minutes is worth your life. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, no, yeah. There's no guarantees I'm dead if I wreck because I pop my tire. Okay, I mean, your yeah. clavicle. I'm, yeah, it is. For me, I'll risk my clavicle. If that's the direct, like, you think that's an insurance? They've, they've done the study. Well, you may not die. 77, you pop your tire, you could die, just like you could at 85. But at 85, you run the risk, greater risk of certainly breaking your clavicle. Let's put that in there. I don't think it's quite like that. I. But the point would be, there are... Risk rewards engaged all the time. The dude who was just eaten by the alligators here in the state of Florida and was found without an arm floating in the pond, that dude decided it was worth it over a Frisbee. <laughs> How do you not laugh at that? There's a thin the herd moment. I'll get to the story later, but there it is. He thought, and listen, I know some people that really love disc golf. Man, are they passionate about disc golf. So the thought of, hey, Jeff, it wasn't an ordinary Frisbee man. It was his favorite disc of the set of discs that he possesses to play the ever-important disc golf. He wasn't going to just allow that thing to float out there, never to be utilized again. These are serious matches. He decided to take that risk. He did, and he lost. And it's a Frisbee. Now... There's that, and then there's the woman gourd in uh, Yellowstone, and I do believe she has passed uh, as well. Witnesses saw her thrown some 10 to 15 feet into the air. That must have been something. See a human being fly 15 feet in the air that was standing on the ground because they wanted to get closer to the buffalo? Another thin the herd moment. And 
The reason I never feel bad about reporting these stories is most of the time it's just common sense. Just common sense stuff like, hey, dumbass, you want to go pet the buffalo? Let's see what happens. How does that happen? How does nobody go, Mary, I really don't think you need to get any closer to the buffalo. It's a wild animal. Oh, by the way, it runs three times as fast as a human. So once it turns to come towards you, you ain't outrunning it. You're not going to be able to scurry off and make it miss. It's faster than you. Yeah. You've ever seen the freeze race a a portly (laughs) man in Atlanta? It's kind of like that. Except it weighs thousands of pounds. You know, by the way, the freeze and what they do in Atlanta there on the uh, on the track, on the outfield uh, track there, I, I got it, the warning track. I have to tell you, it never gets old. Some things do. Some things you go, Even okay, though he's I've been beaten, of this. Yeah. it doesn't matter. You want to see it again. Oh, it's unbelievable. When he is beaten, you're like, oh, this is amazing. It can happen because it is very rare. It, it just happened. Yeah, it just happened recently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would pull my hamstring so bad. Every time I see one of these middle-aged dudes trying to beat the freeze, I'm like, guys, this is not a good decision. A lot of times you see them, they go, they've been snipered. They go down. When, when they get around the bend, they go down. That'd be me. I'm like, I got a shot. I got a shot. No, you don't. No, you, you don't. You know what's great about the freeze, too, is... <laughs> They probably were choosing between different shades of blue, and they picked the perfect icy shade of blue for the suit that he wears. I mean, that adds to it. If it was like a royal blue or a navy blue, not the same. That light, tealish, whatever you want to call it, sky blue thing, frozen blue, outstanding. It's just perfect. Um, Yeah, it is a good color, and that guy, I want who is he? Braves fans will know who he is, right? Yeah, I thought he was a track runner locally. I never looked it up because I don't care anything about the Braves, but I do like that. I know who Mr. Freeze is. Uh, Nigel Talton is his name. Still fast. It's been going on for a while. He's actually an eight-year Atlanta Braves member of the grounds crew. Didn't see that coming. This according to sportscasting.com. Yeah. The uh, extensive track and field background. Yeah, you yeah. did see that. I, w- I was just about to say that had to have been the case. But yes. he paints the baselines before the game. Wow. And then smokes people during it. Yes, he does. Like a cheap lucky strike. <laughs> That's a good analogy. I don't care about the camps. I do care about the offensive linemen that are coming to the camps. I understand the camps will be covered well by our own Michael Langston. I will point out that that is uh, not going to necessarily get coverage from me today uh, regarding the camps, but the big man camp that they hold with all the offensive linemen, I care Mm -hmm. about. Well, that's a good segue, though, because tonight at 7 o'clock, right here on this channel, War Chant TV. War Chant TV. Remember, Mm -hmm. folks, if you're on there right now, like, subscribe, do all that stuff, it'll alert you, but tonight at 7 o'clock, there'll be a recruiting chat. So there's the forum to have those questions answered. Boom. Perfect. Love it. Yeah, and I, I mean, listen, I say I don't care. That's probably not the right way to assess it. I care. I just don't cover the kids the way that Michael Langston and others do. They get the nod. Right. I'm not going to pretend to know about these high school kids. I'm gonna, I am gonna. do care uh, if they're uh, immensely talented kids and they're looking at Florida State or that they arrive on campus. Yes, that's a big deal. Yeah, I got the lowdown. FSU fans yeah. would know this, but the casual fan says, well, what camp? The mega camp? Because isn't that for like all schools and you know maybe right, some kids right, right, that right. might not be FSU? And the mega camp is a relatively new thing. Right, and that's fine. It is. It's a goodwill thing. Uh, you, yeah. might, you might yeah. find a prospect or two that is FSU caliber, and I know we could chuckle at that given what we were 10 years ago versus what we are now, but on Saturday there's a separate camp that just the FSU coaches are holding for players that we're trying to get. The blue chippers. So that's the one that is going to be more 
uh, important to us. I shouldn't be this way, but I'm efforting to be honest with our listeners. And I just still have not recovered. And I don't mean it from a wounded standpoint. I have just not recovered in the sense that I can I can lend any real conviction or credence to the idea of a kid saying, you know what, after the visit, after being at this camp, after working out, I'm all in on FSU. Maybe. I'd rather him say that than not. I'd rather him say, I really like what's going on here. I've, I was able to vibe with the coaches. I like the culture. I had a great time. Florida State is a team, certainly is a school that I'm going to keep on my radar in the coming weeks and months ahead. Yeah, that's all great. I just can't get back to believing until they're here. I'm not going to, you know, it's it's one of those things until they've signed and they've walked in the classroom anymore under the current in the current environment, I can't really get down. Now, that's interesting though. It's worth vetting that out because I hear that and I and I understand where you're coming from, but you've got to have those relationships in tow yes. in order to be able to finish off the recruitment. You know, and and I'm the not, question is what's more valuable to you? NIL or 9 wins in order to finish that job or 8 wins, whatever. Sorry, 9 got a little aspirational there. Well, so are you asking me because you've got to find the relationships more, yeah, and get order, the commitment. Yes, yeah, you you have they have to do their jobs. I don't. Correct. I don't have to do their job. I don't I'm not interested in any of it other than their sign sealed delivered here. But what's more important in that equation do you think? Oh, I think for this class, 8 wins or the cash. Like what will make you yeah, feel better okay. on on yeah, the yeah, eve yeah, of yeah, signing yeah, day? Yeah, Put it that way. I mean, well, now that we have collectives and they're seemingly organized and there is uh, a concerted effort to identify players that we may have to uh, entice with NIL, and it looks like we're in a position to be able to do so. Well, then then I care more about the relationships and the high school recruits moving forward because I I do think they have to continue to get better in that area. They've done a good job in it. They've done a good job in identifying kids that could be transfer portal fills. I think they've done a good job in evaluation. They have not always done a good job in getting hard commitments signed, delivered from high school kids that are going to make up the bulk of the talent moving forward for you to succeed long term. And so I want to see that get better. I mean, they failed miserably. For example, we how many times have we had to talk about Ron Dugans and the situation we find ourselves in at receiver, right? That He has failed, period, in developing those relationships from the high school level and getting kids to sign here of any merit, of you know real talent. He's failed. That has to get better. I mean, we're, we have no chance to succeed long-term if that doesn't get a lot better. Again, I feel the need to throw the caveat out there. I'm rooting for Ron Dugans. How could I not? Watched Ron play, loved Ron, like Ron as a person. That has nothing to do with nothing, though. We're evaluating the job, and he's not doing the job. So that has to get better. Florida State has to get a lot better in recruiting high school players and getting them here, signed, delivered, cashing it in on signing day. What I get interested in, too, is, and, and I doubt they'll go on the record because I think the way that NIL, NIL is going, you're seeing that players are putting their hands in other players' um, purse pockets, so to speak. When you see the numbers that are bantied about, Miami basketball player makes four hundred grand a year from, coming from Kansas State, and Isaiah Wong is all mad. Did you notice, by the way, that Isaiah Wong took his name out of the NBA draft conversation and is returning to Miami for another season? Isaiah uh, Wan got met with a strong dose of reality. Mm-hmm. It's like I said on the day that we talked about that story when it made headlines. I went, you're Isaiah Wong. 
Right. Get old of yourself, my man. Well, that's where these the kids have the egos in high school because they can't do anything wrong. Then they get to a college campus, think that that still exists, and they don't realize that they're a three-star at Florida State, right? And and that's not what it once was ten years ago. Now, hopefully, we get back there. But my point is, I, I don't think you're going to be collectives are going to share the amounts of money that they're spending on players unless it has to become under a new rule of college football public information. That's not going to be known. But I would love to talk to our friends at Rising Spear to figure out when they're doing budgeting for an upcoming academic year, quote-unquote, how much of it is spent on new players and how much of it the budget is set aside for retaining current players. Because that's got to be a part of the equation, too. So let's just say you've got 10 million units of some kind. And I'm not, I'm not saying that we do, but let's say that that's how many you had. How much of that budget has to be for current players that you already are paying, players that are going to emerge out of nowhere, and how much is it for the next recruiting class? Because it has to be a rollover every single year. It can't always be about the new player. That is correct. There are very few players on this current roster I'm bending over backwards to retain. So, you know, right now you're collecting money for future endeavors on that front. But you got to have an emergency slush fund of about a million or two, right? Well, I in think case- Florida State has that. I absolutely do. The, the real money players, the people that could uh, make this happen, that can can at that point in time be called upon to save the day with a very meaningful talent. A lot of them are doing what recruits are doing currently, which is waiting to find out where Florida State's at. That's the biggest thing, is that I think there's money there. I think there are a lot of people that want to give, but they want to know that they're giving to a program, a player that is upwardly mobile, that is going to be met with success in the next two, three, four years. You don't want to be pouring money for a dead-end coach. And I know the money's not going to the coach, but it's to the end of helping the coach. Yeah, yeah. you got you got to find some levels of success to get people interested in opening their purse strings. That's just true in general. You, you know, it's like advertising in radio. If we're doing a show to crickets and we don't have tangible evidence of the amount of listeners and how frequently and long they listen, you can't pitch them to pay us money. Mm-hmm. Unless you have Jack O'Brien, but yes. But my point would be you have to show proof of concept, overused phrase, but it's true, mm-hmm. and they got to see it. And a lot of those big money people, as much as they may like Mike, and I think they do, by the way, they're like, eh, well... Right, but what I'm saying is... I mean, there's is, enough cause for concern to be holding back. AZ Thomas has four picks and is a dominant football player. You've got to have an emergency fund ready to go to retain his services. It's like anything else. It's like if a coach got an offer, yeah, like, yeah. to say Texas A&M is your softball well, then coach. You'd, well, you know? then, yeah. You got to make sure that you got a couple of bucks stowed away. Not millions, but a couple of bucks here, just in case. you got to do that with the players now. That's got to be a huge yeah. part of the conversation. I think that money is there. I don't worry about that uh, in regards to Florida State being able to compete. I don't think $3 million is anything we should be worried about. I don't think $5 million. I think when we're talking about the alleged signing of recruits through inducements, which is supposed to be illegal but is not enforced in any way because there's no enforcement arm of the NCAA anymore with real teeth at all. I, you know, when we're talking about $30 million for a recruiting class, yeah, and, and the Florida State ain't doing that, nor should they, but they can't. Well, my question, though, is is that $30 million up front to come to the university or is that for the life of their time at said university? I mean, I don't it makes, know. It, it makes a difference, Jim, though. According to Jimbo, it never happened. Well. According to Jimbo, they've had one player strike an NIL deal. One. 
and none in that class, apparently. And he's not any good. <laughs> I don't cheat and I don't lie. Uh-huh. So, I mean, again, there is an awful lot of uncertainty. It's why we feel so much uh, angst. The consternation around where Florida State's at, where it's going, its players, its coaches, the upcoming season. This is an offseason that luckily won't be as interminable as others have been because we get to camp earlier and we start earlier. But, man, it's it's such an important season. And I just – you really can. You can you can work yourself into despair. You can convince yourself that something is true that is not. You can also be overly pessimistic. I try to find the balance, and I don't always succeed. I think on the air, if we're trying to have honest dialogue and we're trying to be at least a, a fair-minded program and in, in, in talking points um, – then it's very difficult. It's very difficult because on the one hand, every time we start pie-in-the-sky conversations about how much ground you think they're going to make up this season and how much better a certain player is going to be, it's hard to, to know, are you are you crossing a line? Are you saying something that sim- simply there's no evidence for? And then on the other hand, if you point out the shortcomings of player A, player B, and previous seasons, does that not allow for real growth and possibility of a step forward that is satisfactory. You know, it's it's very difficult because I, I think there's enough evidence both ways. I'm going to throw a general statement out there, and I believe it's true. I think I could prove it if you gave me, I don't know, a half an hour, but let's see how it sits with you. There are less talented teams than this Florida State team that have won eight or nine games. Do you think that's fair? Well, in the country? In, no, in, in, power, in, in ACC history for example. Yeah, but I mean every set of circumstances is different, for example. I mean, what was their schedule? Did they did they get the good draw? Did they get to avoid from uh, did they were they able to avoid from the coastal for example, uh who, you know, basically pit, uh, from last year. Basically that question for me is something that it's like a, a moth to a flame. Do you believe it's possible with this roster? Is what I'm actually asking when I say that there are teams with less talent in the ACC that have won 8 or 9 games in a season. Do I think it's possible this team team. could win? You know, yeah, it's possible because there are a lot of 50-50 games. There are a lot of one-score point spread games. And And by definition, if we're talking about a game that is three, four, five-point spread, that's a toss-up game. By the time you get finished with Louisville in week three or game three of the season, you could feel differently one way or the other but I'm going to take the optimist side. You could see 12 quarters of evidence that tells you those aren't 50-50 games. Those are 60-40 games. That's possible, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're 2-1 and one in that circumstance. Let's just say you're 2-1, and one, but you look different. That looks like a different group. Yeah, but what won't be different is that they're not a deep group. They don't have quality depth at most of the segment groups. So football being physical as it is, track record, evidence, all the data points of the last however many seasons that tell you somebody of vital importance is going to get hurt for your football team. In places that are very successful and sustain that success, they have the requisite talent behind that starter to at least have it filled admirably. You know, the the drop-off doesn't go from being plus player, to whatever degree wins above replacement you want to call him to off a cliff. 
And in some cases here, we're off a cliff if somebody goes down. Linebacker, defensive end, quarterback, receiver. You're in trouble. Offensive line. You're in real trouble. That's most of the segments you just named. (laughs) It's quite a few. Yeah. And that's the caveat. That's why every time I find a reason to latch on to, to real hope and the belief that this huge step that we all want to see taken by this group is is a possibility. Every time I latch on to that, I'm reminded, who's the, who's the guy behind so-and-so? Ooh, that, that wouldn't be good. Who's the guy behind that guy? Ooh, that, that's not good. And we, we, you know, there's no getting around that. that the, both can be true. It's Jeff Cabot, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Speaking of which, the Orange Theory commercial you just heard locally, yesterday got after it. It was, I guess they, it's a, considered a chipper, chip away. 23, 24 straight minutes of running, three minutes push pace, one minute base pace, two and a half minutes push pace, one minute base pace, two minutes push pace, one minute base pace. Kicked ass, Tom. Kicked ass. Was riding out. Sustained it. Didn't have to quit. Very pleased by that. Just thought I'd celebrate on air. Do you shout out in the uh, particular facility? Give me that push pace. I don't. I don't no. shout out. No. I don't shout out. That'd be odd. Uh, no. No. I'm too busy. And Shot. then when they do, yay, push pace. <laughs> well, you you control your own push pace, Tom. It's 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 your treadmill that you're on. Oh, you can. They you don't can, do it for you. No, no. Okay. You control your push pace. Be a hell of a thing if somebody like this mad scientist was up there in the box going, "Ooh, watch mm-hmm. this! I'm gonna make Jeff run right. 12 miles per hour for three minutes." That's it. That'd be a bitch. Drago's suffering in Rocky <laughs> Four has nothing no. on what you're about to go through. No, no. This is a you. You control it. You control it. You can back it off, speed it up. My point was, I sustained. I sustained. I did not have to back it off. Sustained for the whole 23 minutes and felt good afterwards. You walk out with a feeling of of more vigor, more life, as like they like to say at Orange Theory Fitness. First month, first class is always free, and then the month is free if you get the our heart rate monitor, which you're going to want to do. So Orange Theory Fitness, two locations in town, check them out. Somebody asked during the break what the hell I was talking about uh, regarding the start of the hour, which was me talking about the the woman that was gored by a bison after she got within 10 feet of a bison in uh, Yellowstone National Park. You know, there's an entire book. These things have happened so frequently. Yes? Isn't that where Gene is? It is. Did he see this? I'll have to ask him. Uh, Well, I would have thought by now we would have heard about it. Hey, fellas, just got out here to Yellowstone. Holy moly! Just saw a woman get flung 25 feet in the air. No, so... 
I, I, I was saying thin the herd. Uh, there's a book about death in Yellowstone. You, you can look it up on Amazon. It's called Death in Yellowstone. People are dumb. Rolling on up to geysers, rolling on up to the edge of cliffs, rolling oh. on up. Yes. And they get their faces melted off or something? Just crazy stuff. Uh, she approached a, a, a big, big-ass big buffalo near a boardwalk. They're told before you go out there to see the buffalo, don't get within 25 feet of the buffalo. She decided to get within five. It decided that's close enough, and bam, dead, thrown into the air. That's it, gore, just like that. Afterwards, what made me laugh is not necessarily, obviously, that the the woman died. That's that's close. That's a that's a, that's a toughie, and it's you know that's that's one of those things you don't want to revel in, but it is a thin the herd moment. It's that they said there's an investigation under the way. That has to be the shortest investigation of all time. Well, the thing that pisses me off in a lot of these situations is then you have to kill the animal, which is like why? Yeah. For what? Being an animal. Right. For protecting itself from a dumbass? Did your investigation yield evidence of malice? <laughs> the animal had the animal had an axe to grind? Yeah. Like, what the hell reason would there be? Well, it's shown aggression. What? Yeah. No, no, no. No, it was good. And then the other one, really quickly, just so you know why I referenced this. This happened in the state of Florida, and again, it's a kind of roll-your-eyes moment. Uh, this was a disc golf thing. A guy was looking for disc golf discs disc golf discs in a lake uh and was attacked by an alligator with signs all around the lake that said that the lake was filled with alligators and not to enter it not even get, get that close to it but he did and he's 47 years old and they found him floating with no arm no no no, no. he was toughie. he was 47 years old and detectives believe the victim was looking for the frisbees in the water quote unquote and the gator was involved yeah well i don't think he magically lost his arm these don't have to be minces there at uh, down in Largo where this took place. They oh. got to figure this one out. Was oh, it Largo now? Largo. Uh, okay. Quote from the one detective reads as follows: There are posted signs around the lake about the presence of the alligators. Yes, he's <laughs> like our guy over in Australia or New Zealand, wherever it was, uh, yes. where the one woman went in. He said, "I don't know what to tell you. She's an idiot." The lake which people aren't allowed to swim in because of the gators. Eight feet deep in parts, it was theorized that, like people before him, the disc golfers enter and kick around the bottom in an effort to find errant. I like that he's just disrespecting the poor disc golfers because I know that disc golfers are reading the story going... They're less concerned about this man's death than they are the mischaracterization of the tools used to play disc golf. <laughs> the lake, which people are not allowed to swim in, swim in, up to eight feet deep, theorized disc golfers kick around the bottom to find, as he put it, errant frisbees. Ooh. <laughs> it's not a frisbee, man. Yeah. Sometimes they're like Jacksonville Jags fans. They get really territorial, and you're like, dude, Chill out. You're a Jags fan. Like, I'm not a golfer saying, sir, that wasn't just a ball. That was a pro V. Like, what? No, it was a golf ball. And I'm not going swimming after it. It'll be okay. Was it expensive? Yeah, that sucks. Not going looking for it. No, it's a disc. I mean, I don't know how much they are, but goodness gracious. Now, again, 
again, that uh, I'm not delighting in the person's death. It's just a thin the herd moment. Yeah. We had two in one day. Our listeners tend to be cognizant of these types of things. They send them in mass to me. I read the stories. It's as it ever was. I roll my eyes and go, yeah, well, you know. Now, listen, there are oftentimes mitigating factors that I will allow for. For example, somebody could have been doing this hard on their luck, don't have any money, looking for Frisbees to sell. Perhaps that's what would happen. I would feel especially bad for them. It's still stupid, and it's still a thin-the-herd moment. Yeah, go look in the woods instead. Yeah, well, you know what? Even then, though, that's probably the swamplands in Largo, so that's not a good idea. At my home course, good old Largo. back in the day, Palm Harbor, Landsbrook, the logo of the golf course at Landsbrook is a beautiful follow-through with an alligator holding a club, and he's got a Scotsman's fuzzy hat on. <laughs> it's a great logo. So that tells you what's on the course and the water hazards. There was a guy who would dive for water balls, and he would put on a full scuba suit, and he would bring a spear gun with him. That was his defense. But he would go in the giant lake between two green and three no, green. Oh man. And he, he did it for years, but he, he came equipped. It wouldn't matter if the if gator not, got him from the back. Well, I was going to say, if the gator rolled up on him as predators are wont to do, yeah. stealthfully, yeah, right. as opposed to announcing their presence, my man, that, that gun ain't going to help you. You're, oh, there's a ball. Bam! That's the end of that. 47 years old. Imagine the moment that you're in the death roll, because that's what they do to you. They latch on, they roll you to drown you because they don't want to deal with you hitting on them. Imagine in the moment that you're in the death roll thinking for a Frisbee. This is what it's like to be in a dryer. What was I doing for a Frisbee? Look at me. This is how it ends. And you admit in that moment. That's a big deal. The man admitted in a moment that it is a Frisbee and not a disc. Oh, yeah, well, that would be something. But even if he said for a disc. Even if he said for a disc, it's still, you'd be thinking, I can't, why didn't I believe the signs? I'm in Florida. You're in Largo. You've seen plenty of alligators. Yeah. Oh, easily. They're, they're everywhere. Yeah. Pinellas County is littered with them. That's why I got friends who go, they go kayaking in the parks, and there they are swimming next to the alligators. Mm -mm. I know that's a lot safer, but it's still not good enough. No, thank you. I went water skiing in Lake Megory. Lake Megory is in St. Pete, and it's a giant lake, huge. And uh, I did it once, and I, and they're afraid of the speedboats. You know, like the Gator ain't rolling up on a speedboat. The engines are loud as hell. They have boat races there, uh, but man, they have a regatta. But I was I could never get comfortable. Did it one time. I'm sure I was safe. I didn't like it because you're gonna wipe out, and it's that floating. That floating, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. waiting for them to turn around. Yep. And that's even if they're paying attention when you go off the skis to begin with. It might be say. gallivanting. Well, I mean, they're having a good time, and they're just getting smaller and smaller, going away further and further, and it's getting quieter and quieter as you float at eye level with the lake. And you're just waiting for some other eyes. You know, I think your therapy for your fear of water death would be to write screenplays for water death horror movies. That's one. You've right already, there. yeah, that right eye level, that detail, the eye level with the lake. It's perfect. Yeah, well, I've often thought, imagine being eye level in the ocean and seeing a fin pop up some, some 25 yards away, coming straight towards you. That's a toughie. It is. That's, that's a toughie. That's your ass. Would you rather, and then we'll move on. Oh, boy. Be eaten by an alligator or a shark? 
Which of those oh, watery deaths would you like to succumb to if you had to make a choice? It's a no-brainer. Unless the alligator is prehistoric in size, I'm going with the shark. The shark could put me out of my misery quicker. Very I know quickly. sometimes they toy with you, but I've got a better shot of instant lights out with the shark than I do with an alligator. That's a lot more painful with the gator. Depends on the size of the gator. I'm, come on. That's what I'm saying. If, bring it. <laughs> well, you said, would I rather be eaten by? <laughs> yeah, there is no right. choice yeah, yeah. for survival here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Tom, I'll answer your question before we go to break. Jeff and Tom, if I gave you each $100,000 and the only stipulation would be you would have to bet that Norvell will be the head coach in 2025, do you have Norvell or the field? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough So one. wait a minute. I've got a choice on the wager or I have to – like I'll take a hundred grand to put a wager down. If it's not my own money, sure. Yeah. I'll put any wager you want. Well, let's just say you, you're, you know. But I have to bet Norvell is the coach or the field with that $100,000? 2025. So, first of all. Listen, I'll take one side, you take the other. That way we both come away with hundred grand. I like it. Yeah, so let's, let's, I like it, but let me say, let me just say this. Um, that is a great, the 2025 is a great number to project to. It really is. There's nothing in all likelihood, barring an, an absolute disaster. That is going to happen to Norvell after this season. So even if you project negatively that everything goes wrong and they have a disastrous season, and again they don't get over the hump, they don't get over 500, uh, and and they lose seven times minimum. Yeah, here's the hard part: if he does succeed, he might still not be here because In because what if he improves his stock so much that he has either an NFL offer or something well, else? I'll take my chances on that. Their part. Well, no, I'm mean, you're adding up all of the risks versus the idea of the field. There's multiple risks. Firing is the biggest risk. I I grant you by a landslide. By but, a landslide, indeed. Uh, but what if he built it up, had a good year this year, had a much better year in 23, and then 24, they're a playoff team with an expanded playoff. He might have a suitor. And I don't know that we have the money to contend. Right. I get what you're saying. You're looking at it from both sides, saying that we could probably bet on him not being here in 2025. But, man, the chances of Florida State being in the college football playoff in 2025 are virtually new. Uh, Okay, an expanded version, 12 teams? Right, right. All right, maybe. Because we're a long way. And then Arkansas needs a new coach. I mean, we're a long – no, stop it. You're not leaving here to go to Arkansas. In 2025, with all the money that they'll have accrued? Well, then it would only be about the money because you're not going to go and win and win big long-term at Arkansas. As much as we love Mr. Pittman and the job that he's done, you're having to play in the West. He needs facilities. Good luck, my man. He needs facilities. (laughs) He needs NIL. And, by the way, at this point, Pittman's not even close to getting fired and won't be. So, Sadly, I hope that he's with us in 2025. Oh, golly. People think I'm dark. Woo, pig suey is well, it's leaving hot. the planet. Those are it's hot summers, hot. man. It's hot. In our, it was hot in Georgia where he was the offensive <laughs> line coach. Uh, he, he somehow managed summers in Athens. Barely. And it's hot. Barely. Look well, at the man. I, I mean, no, he managed it in the cool confines of a barn near you. Air conditioned with a lot of football talk. What does it look like Sam Pittman enjoys most in terms of spirits or beer? Like, what would you put him as? What guy? What do you think he's drinking? Oh, that's interesting. I think he likes both. It just depends on the night mm-hmm. and location I and think, company. I think he might actually be a Bombay guy. 
Doesn't it look like no. he might go to the gym <laughs> a little bit? That's because he's so affable and you want to hang out with him. But I really think he's – my man is a uh, – Gin and ginger. That's I see him oh, ordering a gin and ginger. he's not ordering – no. Big old Budweiser's swilling him down, buddy. I don't think so. That would be great, but there's – you know. Hey, as <laughs> if you're watching the wow. channel right now. Nice pull. It's a Burger King crown. Oh, he's lovable, man. He's very, he's very lovable. Sucking down gin and gingers with some Burger King gin onion rings. Gin and ginger. Sam Pittman is not pounding gin and gin. Is that even a thing? It is for him. <laughs> I would like, I wish when we went to the meetings, sadly we go to the ACC meetings, that there was a <laughs> wow. character. That there was a character that was a lot like that. He'd be my interview every year. We had one. Yeah, we did. We had one, but alas. Well, it's a good thing we don't go to the SEC meetings because remember, there's always that one Florida fan that's just sitting there at the entrance. Oh, it's every bizarre. Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable with a tucked-in polo that should not be tucked in. It's everything about it's uncomfortable. He feels like he ought to be a Bama fan and do the running of the Gumps, which is the best. Fat people falling all over that field. It's the worst thing COVID killed. <laughs> oh, that's true. Probably both figuratively and literally. It did. Many of them are not available to get posters signed mm. any longer. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real oh, Talk Radio. Oh, no, <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> Yeah, and you're looking for great certainty at this time where a lot of people are nervous going through that process, mortgage process, home loans. It's a stressful time oftentimes. You're dealing with large sums of money. You're, you're obviously making, uh, in many cases, most cases, the largest purchase of your life. Um, and, uh, and you want to make sure that there's great clarity. You want to know that the people that you're going to are trustworthy and informative and you want that experience, as we say on the show, to be a five-star experience. That's why you go see our friends at Hamilton Home Loans. It is the legendary team known as Chad and Shannon. Give them a call today. It's easy enough. 844-FSU-LOAN. That is 844-FSU-LOAN. Also, you can check them out online, fsuhomeloans.com. There it is. Hey, my, my, my riding lawnmower broke. The belt broke. I think it's the belt. I have no idea. I, may, I, I assume it's the belt. Can't lower it. Can't lower. It. Now I got to get somebody to come out, pick it up, fix it. I'm all, I'm just out of sorts. Matt Millar, right? That's going to be the call. No, he doesn't know how to fix that. He doesn't. No, no idea how to fix that. That's a first. No. Uh, I purchased my riding lawnmower from Matt Millar. He was upgrading his, and I bought his old one from him. So now you're going to use his new one and drive it No, drive no, it I'm not going to use his no. new one because he doesn't live as close as he used to live, and I'm out of luck. So now... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So now now i got to actually pay to have it picked up and fixed and brought back and all of that. And meanwhile, the grass is growing six inches a day in this mm -hmm. heat. What are we to do? I sound like such an old suburban. It's just... What are you going to do? you got to take a machete. Go by hand. No. Buy goats. Saw goats go. over the weekend. 
you know, where where were you, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, it's this uh, farm that takes in animals that... Oh, it's a local farm? Yeah, it's a local place. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Saw goats and a camel. I saw the photos. Yeah, were you like, where are the hell? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Look at this. Well, Matthew said, Director Matthew, that is, yeah. said that he was at a... Uh, Museum, I think it was, oh, nice. and they had goats. And he said the goats were alarming. goats at a museum. Yeah, that's oh, an awesome museum. And he said that they were alarming though, like they messed with his head a little bit. Like he still thinks about them, when they because they really creeped him out. Oh no, they're the best. I wish I owned several goats. They're a friendly, b funny. They like to jump around. They play dead. They do. Their eyes are crazy. Everything about them, love them. Now I will tell you, camels, huge. Huge. And this was a small camel by camel standards, I'm told. Massive camels. If I could give you a choice of chickens, goats. I like chickens. Uh, so you've got chickens, goats, mm-hmm. alpacas. Which would you choose there to There were raise? a lot of alpacas where we were. And um, they the, the thing is, uh, they're, they're intimidating. Alpacas make me nervous. I, apparently they're very friendly, but they will spit on you. And um, I didn't get spit on, but I wanted them. I wanted one of them to spit on one of my children because I thought it'd be funny, because they were brash, and they walked up and wanted to pet on the alpaca. Oh no! In the herd, be careful. And, well, no. And these alpaca can't. It is a in essence these these rescued animals are. Uh, the, you you pay money to go in and, and see these animals, and you can feed them. That, that you can feed them, and they know it. The animals are like, oh, here we got a sucker. All right, and the goats come running over. They're very excited. Everybody there, they're all excited. Cows, Nobody pigs, had their skin goats, broken by rolling. the teeth of these animals? No, I was rooting for it. I was rooting for somebody to get bit, but it did not happen. And I'm always a fan of seeing people get bit by animals, especially like horses with big mouths. Anything like that bites a person. I told you my favorite story is that the dude ranch in middle school, that fat woman that got bit, was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Just right in the back fat. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was like, <laughs> it's still funny. That horse just got a toughie. Can you imagine how much that hurt? Oh, it's a, yeah. it's a yeah. bad pinch right there. Mm. Let's do some probables here. Fire it up. <laughs> it's time for how you say with the pitching probables. He just decided to go in reverse order there? Uh, that was a quasi-save. Oh, that made me laugh. Hopefully Shesterkin is not as good at uh, saving things as I was there. Cleveland's up on Kansas City in the sixth, three to nothing. It is Brad Keller and Connor Pinkington. Pilkington. That's a ridiculous name. Uh, Washington and the Mets. It's two to nothing Mets. That game is in the fifth. All right. Evan Lee and Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco's dealing again. It is, uh, like I said, Dodgers, Padres, Angels, Brewers, the next four series. So keep on winning these ones. Buckos beat the uh, Dodgers last night again. That's first two. You're going for the sweep tonight, going right? Going for the sweep. Going for the sweep. In L.A. Baseball's a weird game. St. Louis leads San Diego 3-1. to one. That is Hugh Darvish and Dakota Hudson. We go Marlins, Rockies, Eduardo Cabrera and Antonio Cincinnello. We got the Marlins and the Rockies game two. Makeup game, Trevor Rogers, Herman Marquez. Astros, A's, Justin Verlander, Cole Irvin. Braves, D-backs, Kyle Wright, Madison Bumgarner. Should be a good game. Giants, Phillies, Carlos Rodon and Aaron Nola. Mariners, Orioles, Robbie Ray. Yay! Kyle Bradish. 
Angels-Yankees. Reed Detmers and Nestor Cortez. I tuned in last night. And Nestor? I tuned in last night. New tradition. And it was already 5 to nothing. The Yanks in the third. I was like, damn it. White Sox, Blue Jays. Michael Kopech and Hyunjin Ryu. Reds, Red Sox, Hunter Green, Garrett Whitlock. Twins, Tigers, Bailey Omber, Tariq Skubal. Rays, Rangers, Jeffrey Springs, John Gray, Brewers, Cubs, Jason Alexander. What? Jason, Jason Alexander. Alexander. Yeah, pitching for the Brewers tonight. <laughs> Should be a lopsided win for the Cubbies. Kyle Hendricks goes for the Cubs. And uh, Pirates, Dodgers, Buckos going for the sweep. By the way, on the season, the Pirates and Dodgers have played five times. The Pirates have won four. Get you some Dodgers. You're 21 and 27. You're doing some things. We're trending towards the over uh, 61 uh, wins is all Didn't I Didn't you about. play it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Jose Quintana, that creep can roll, man. Mitch White goes for the Dodgers, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Didn't really get a chance today to kind of talk about uh, the live golf stuff and how Dustin Johnson has just decided to ruin his career and walk away with blood money on his hands, but that's what he's done. That field is lacking to say the least, but my goodness gracious, there are some quotes surrounding this that cracks me up. My man has already made $75 million on the tour, probably double that so far in endorsements in his career, and he took the money and ran. Whew. Mohammed bin Salaman must be. Uh, Is he starting for the D backs? A scary dude indeed. Yeah, that's the music. I'll be quiet for now. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Peace, everybody. Be well. Talk to you tomorrow.